Welcome to the Foreign Lady Podcast. Straight talk about current events and issues affecting women in today's society. This is not your run-of-the-mill opinion show. Elizabeth Allen is not afraid to have the tough conversations to help you navigate the complexities and oddities of everyday life. So listen up, because it's about to get real. Here's your host, Elizabeth. Hey guys, welcome to the Foreign Lady Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and on today's show, I got to interview one of my longest and closest friends. Um, I've known him since forever. We met when I was a sophomore and he was a junior in college, and we have been friends ever since. We talk all the time. We don't get to see each other as much as we would like, just because I live on the West Coast and he lives on the East Coast. Um... But, I mean, we talk about everything. He's the person I go to. If I really want that friend that will give it to me straight and won't sugarcoat it and just will, you know, lay it out for me and flat out, he is the one I go to. We have, you know, I I think it's important to have just that one friend where you can just, you know, just have that honest conversations. And I know that, you know, it's coming from a place of love. It's coming from a good place. We might not always necessarily agree. In fact, we joke all the time that we barely agree on things. Um, But, you know, whenever I sort of need an intellectual conversation, he's the person I go to. Um, So without any further ado, I hope you guys enjoy the interview as much as I enjoyed talking to him. I mean, it was just two friends just having a conversation. Um... But I really did appreciate the fact that he took the time out of his busy schedule to, um, you know, to to let me talk to him and interview him for this. And I really do appreciate him for that. So let's get into it. This is my interview with Cleveland. I hope you guys like it. Hi, Cleveland. Hi. Hi, everyone. Say hi to the listeners. Never done this before, but I hope I do it well. I think you'll do a great job. Uh, thanks for agreeing to be on the show. I really appreciate it very much. Uh, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it just as much. And, you know, uh, knowing you for as long as I have has been a blessing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We we met when we were when we were kids. So, well, not really kids, but like 17, 18, right? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, Gosh. Yeah, I know. We've known each other a really long time. Yeah, that's what's talking today, but I guess it's for next time. Yeah, next time. Okay, so I wanted to talk about um, a few things today. Um, I know I told you guys that I recorded a couple uh, episode regarding Kobe, but then I wanted to get someone else's perspective on it. Um, so I was just waiting to have Cleveland on today, so we can kind of talk about everything that happened. And so, Cleveland, I have a couple questions that I'm going to ask you. We're going to talk about a couple different things today, so um, let's just let's just dive right into it. So, how did you feel when you heard the news that Kobe had passed? Because I know it had a like, I mean, again, we didn't really know him, but it had an effect on me in a way. Um, but how did you feel? I thought it was a prank, and I know a couple of people that thought the same thing. They thought it was a prank. I didn't think it was real, and when I realized it was real, I was devastated. Yeah. Because he was so young, still had so much to give, and a lot of people said that he still he was basically starting the second part of his life. Right, because he had just retired in 2016, right? 
Yeah, I mean, still had so much to do. Yeah, so it was it was definitely sad to hear not only him but his daughter and the seven other people that had passed away. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, so there's been recent controversy going around. Um, we all know that Kobe was a great basketball player. He was a great philanthropy pissed he did a lot for um for women in sports and things like that but then there's that small little I guess dot on his you know resume about the whole sexual harassment thing back I believe it was like 2004 don't quote me on that um but I believe was it yeah around that time and so uh Gail King she did an interview with his one of his closest friends Lisa Leslie and she brought up the whole sexual assault charges. Well, so first I do part of his legacy, but we do have to make it clear that it was dismissed, right? right. It was dismissed almost 20 years ago. Do you think so, it's fair for people to still bring it up? Um, they could bring it up, but in the right context. Mm-hmm. In the case of Gail King, it was brought up like it was a cheap shot, just to simply tarnish his name even in death. And when I watched that interview, and I watched it a few times, it didn't seem like Gail was trying to shed light on the issue, but simply put him in a bad light. Right, because at some, I, I watched the interview as well, and at some point, you know, I, I, it felt like she was sort of going in because Leslie sort of said, you know, she never saw Kobe as that person, and you know, the way Gail respond was well you wouldn't see it you know and and leslie also mentioned the fact that the case was dismissed but then gail said well it was dismissed because the lady wouldn't testify do you know what i mean like the way it sounded It, it was simply simply like this anything that leslie said to defend kobe or make him look like a decent human being gail king would dismiss you know right like if it was something that just made kobe look good Suddenly she would dismiss it. And, and key words that Gail would say, things like, oh, well, uh, you can see it and you're a woman. As if, if Leslie, you know, makes Kobe look good, she's betraying all women. Now that you're his friend, well, you can't see it. So why did you even ask her in the first place, right? right. You said something that you didn't like or she said something that made Kobe look good you would dismiss it as as though she doesn't know any better. But if she said something that made Kobe look bad, well, suddenly you got what you wanted from the interview. And this is where people believe that Gail was trying to, again, not shed light on Kobe's past, but put him in a bad light. Okay, so then there's this huge backlash. I mean, there are tons of fans and tons of celebrities that really gave her the business. And then the question came up. I remember uh, we also had a conversation about it. And I remember asking you, like, why is it that we're those, you know, why is it that the black man doesn't support the black woman? Because they really gave her the business. I mean, they called like Snoop Dogg called her a bitch. And I remember we had a whole conversation about it as well. So why do you think it was our people that gave her the business more? Well, of course not, because we're, we're expecting human decency from each other. We're, we're expecting a level of compassion and consideration. It's not like Gail King, you know, didn't understand the situation. In fact, she, to me, she was praying off of it and he decided to strike. And now, you know, she's playing the victim. You know, she didn't know that, you know, it's again, like if you're hunting and, and you have a predator going after the prey and they think the prey is weak, 
But then there's that one last fight that the pre has. You didn't expect that backlash, you know? But then, you know, on the flip side, people will say, well, there are a couple of white people. Um, there was this white reporter who, you know, referred to Kobe as a rapist and, you know, said some really harsh things about about that whole situation. And people said, well, how come, you know, the black community didn't, didn't go hard on her? Or do you think that we sort of have this, like, double standards for ourselves? Like, we don't really protect each other in the black community? To a degree, to a degree, you're right um, that the, the, the outrage should be the same all across the board. Mm-hmm. But Gail, I would say, has a bigger platform. You know, Gail has a bigger platform. And the thing is, the history of, you know, um, white people doing something along those lines, it's almost expected. You expect them to have these um, to to bring up the we worst. Just, yeah, yeah, we we expect them, but you know, we we just expected more from Gail mm-hmm. or else any other any other black person who who was in a position of power. We just expected more because you can't tell me from between the time that Kobe died and Gail King's interview that Gail did not know how devastated people were. So she had to know, and I feel like Snoop Dogg's reaction was a reaction. It wasn't something that he planned. He saw the video of Gail King's interview and just reacted. But Gail, you're telling me that somebody in a boardroom, you know, they discussed this. And she had time to let those questions sit in her spirit and tell herself, hey, I don't think I should do this, right? In the case of Gail, it was all premeditated. And she still decided, I'm going to do this anyway. I'm going to ask these questions like this anyway. I'm not going to have human decency in this so this is why i'm i'm less harsh on snoop because isn't he was his his reaction wasn't premeditated it's not like he sat there for hours and decided to say this it looked like he did it immediately but gail had time to think about what she was doing was wrong and still did it anyway yeah well that i mean that also brings the question of her friend Oprah as well. Like, you know, we, we sort of have this tendency of, because, you know, Oprah went, when the whole Russell Simmons thing came out, Oprah went hard on it. Michael Jackson came out, you know, she went hard on it, but I don't think we ever heard her really comment on Harvey Weinstein, because as we all know, Harvey Weinstein was her friend. So do you think that, I just don't understand why we sort of do this to each other because we're already minorities. We're already black in America, which is, you know, tough enough. And we are supposed to have this support, but it just seems like we are not supporting each other. Why is that? Wow. Um, I know that's a very loaded question. (laughs) Really loaded question because you'd have to go back to a lot of the, the history, but I would say that, there's, there's a conditioning in America where um, blackness is synonymous with immorality. Mm. Right? I was just reading a, a poem called The Starry Night, and it's about an angel named Zenith and a demon named Nadir. Mm. And the, the, the demon Nadir is saying how he hates you know, light and virginity and, and all this type of stuff. Like, he, he basically hates all that is good in the world. Then the angel Zenith says, shut up, N-word. 
So, and this is an old poem from like somewhere in Europe, but the idea that this association between uh, blackness and evil and the association between whiteness and good, you know, it plays on our subconscious that, you know, that, that white people, they're innately good. They can work together. Black people are innately bad and have mistrust among each other. So even when you take a guy like Kobe, right, a guy who made one mistake, but since that time did so much good, mm-hmm. we still see him as a bad guy. We see him as a, we still see him as a bad man who can sometimes do good. That's right. how he's judged, right? He's like that. If you if you grow up in a big family, right? That kid, that sibling, that no matter what they did, they just got beat for it. The right. tiniest, smallest, you know, mistake they did, they got beat. And then you got another kid in the family, no matter what they did, they got a slap on the wrist. People would explain it away. People would dismiss it. That's the that's the position that white people have. They're seen as good people who can sometimes make a mistake. Black people are seen as bad people who can sometimes be good. And that's how we're judging the world. And this is how black people judge each other with the sense of mistrust. You know what? I'm actually glad you talked about that. I know we weren't planning on talking about this today, but I, since I have you here, I'm just going to have, I just want to ask you, um, that really brings me to my point of Jesse Smollett, right? So there are a lot, I don't, (laughs) there are a lot of people, um, I don't know if you saw the debate on The Real where Amanda Seal and, uh, I know that I'm just like springing this on you, but Amanda Seal and uh, Jeannie Mai had sort of this like heated discussion and Amanda Seal was like, hey, there are plenty of white people who have who have committed worse sins and they get a slap on the wrist. And if it is true that he lied, why they like, you know, they're sort of using him as an example because he's black, you know, like it doesn't it doesn't matter what white, you know, it, it's sort of this like injustice in the criminal justice system, which we all know. But if it was a white person that had done that, I don't think they would, you know, they wouldn't be indicting him again. And there are a lot of people are saying it's all politics. Like, I want to know what your thoughts are on that. Like, do you think that a lot of this has to do with Jesse being black? Or is it just, like, (laughs) I'm curious to hear what your your thoughts are. Let's talk about the real. Um, (laughs) That show is, um, it panders, it's way too liberal. Um, Like, the only two people who will talk some reason, you know, something rational, is Adrian and Tamara. Right. Everyone else would probably speak nonsense or be a too, be too afraid to disagree with Lonnie Love, right? And, and Amanda Seals now she's 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 the cream of the crop on this one. Nonsense just spills out of her mouth. Yeah, uh, I mean sometimes she will say something that's kind of reasonable, but at the end of the day, they're coming for uh, Jesse J- Jesse because he really milked that cow. Um, when when the incident occurred, mm-hmm. you know, in TV, he was crying. He was, you know, two white men were holding a noose and Clorox and they came for me. Yeah. And he was really milking that cow. And like, you know, um, you he to me, Jesse Smollett was in that in that sense, uh, crying wolf. He's getting his just desserts like, you know, the, the Bible says you reap what you sow. This is what you did. And this is the consequences of it. Lonnie did make a good point. She said that the judge who dismissed him 
is up for re-election, and that's probably why they're coming after him again. That was the only rational thing they said that I could agree with, that they're coming after him again because of some re-election for the judge that dismissed him. I would say they're coming after him because it was a BS story to most of us. But most what, of- what are the people that are saying, um, well, if it was a white person that had done that, they would have just given him a slap on the wrist? I don't think so. I think they wouldn't. I think they would have, um, in this case, I think they would have um, came for that white person too. And especially if that white person had the level of fame that Jesse Smollett had, because it can't, it's not just race, but Jesse Smollett is on TV. Mm-hmm. He's part of the LGBTQ community. He's part of the black community. And he was pointing fingers at white people. His, his situation had his uh, foot or his hand in so many different groups that were all paying attention to it. But if it was a person that no one knew, then no one would really care. But if it was a famous white person, then I'm sure that they'd be getting the business too. Let's switch gears a little bit. Um, I want to talk about Gabrielle Union. So she came out and she was fired on, I think she was fired on America's Got Talent for sort of speaking out against, you know, horrible working environments. Like they told her her hairstyle were too black. They were apparently racist comments that were made on set and misogynistic things that were happening and she came out and she spoke about it and they did an interview with um terry cruz and uh he (laughs) he kind of was like he threw her threw her under the bus basically so what are your thoughts on that i think he did throw her under the bus because it seems to me that he didn't have to say anything i think he threw her under the bus not black women you know considering situations you got to be like you know like if a if a black man disagrees with a black woman he's not disagreeing with all black women he's just disagreeing with her he can't make it about the whole race it's just between those two individuals let's leave it at that and the only reason i feel like terry cruz is getting so much backlash is because when he had his um situation of being touched he was advocating that more men need to speak up and believe all women he was behind all of that here's gabrielle union saying that something happened to her but you're not standing behind her this is where the issue was that's what the problem was if he hadn't done that if he hadn't stood behind this idea of believe all women and men need to hold other men accountable and you know all that other stuff he was saying then probably people would wouldn't pay that much attention to him so I could, I could see how black women feel betrayed because they had his back, but he didn't have theirs. I could see that, right? But again, that's, I think he kind of put, basically put his foot in the mouth. But I don't think like, I don't, I'm not going to look at it as though somehow he betrayed all black women. I think he just kind of threw just Gabrielle under the bus. And I, I don't think it's anything more than that. goes back to, you know, and I I remember I I talked to you about this as well, is how, and you adamantly disagreed with me, where I told you, I said, why is it that black women seem to go hard and ride hard for their black men, but it seems like our black men do not ride hard for us? And you flat out said, I disagree Um, with you. Which black women were hard for black men? Was it, um, I think her name was Izola? Woman, the black woman who tried to assassinate Dr. King. Her name was Zola Curry, the black woman that tried to assassinate Dr. King. And even if you want to skip past the 1960s, what about Lonnie Love saying that black men 
can't have healthy relationships, right? <laughs> what about um, Judge Tammy Kemp, who hugged Amber, right? Why, why did Judge Tammy Kemp hug, you know, a murderer, right? But, but y'all supposed to have our back. But this is an example of, you know, I don't want to hold the actions of one black man or one black woman against that entire group. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that I think I think we're going to I think we do ourselves a disservice at that point. Let if that person made a mistake. Then let that mistake, you know, contribute to them because I pull out receipts. I'm sure you're going to have a list of black men who said something dumb that hurt black women, just like you're going to have a list of black women, a list of black women that said things that hurt black men, mm-hmm. you know. So that that's that's how I see that. I, I, it's like, yo, um, I don't think black women have our backs as like they think they do. Oh, come on. Um, I think we do. I think we go. We ride hard for our black men. Give me this example. I've, I've heard Monique talk in a way that that she's she's going to stand behind us but so far and 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 you know this reminds me um when i think about snoop dogg's reaction to gail remember this is this is from you know seeing things like lonnie love say that black men are not good in relationships it's, it's from seeing just tammy kemp hug amber after shooting Botham jean this is after um oprah's documentary on r kelly Michael Jackson, uh, what would have been uh, Russell Simmons. Mm-hmm. And then, to me, the the straw that broke the camel's back was then Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. When you look at all these other black men that they were interviewing, like, let's say like let's say they did a documentary on OJ, we wouldn't be all up upset about o- OJ. We kind of know <laughs> what was going on with OJ. I but think OJ's been officially kicked out the community, so... <laughs> It's like certain certain black men. If you if you did a documentary on them, we get it. Right. We might be, but we get it. But in the case of Kobe, we could actually say, yo, like that incident was in the man's past. It was in the man's past. Now, and, it's not like he, yeah. And you know, I feel like, and and you know, people bring up a good point, and I, I actually do feel like this. If if we had questions about this, why didn't we ask him when he was alive? I mean, exactly. during the time that he won the Oscar, it came up again. So if people had questions about this, they should have asked them then. Right. So yeah. I don't understand why it's like a big uproar right now, you know, because do you, okay, do you think that, again, I'm going to bring it back to race. If this was a white man, do you think all of this stuff would be coming out in the past or they would be, I'm trying to think of an example of someone who did, who, who did something like that, but, um, Elvis Presley. There you go. You don't barely hear that, you know, that part from him. All we hear are his accolades. So why is it that, you know, whenever a black, it's like a black man is not allowed to make a mistake or, you know, and he's defined by that one mistake in his life. Why is that? Yeah, I mean, this this, because if we're going to go down this path of we're going to dig up dirt on anybody, whatever they did in their in their life you know, then that rule has to apply to everyone. And like I was saying before, what about Thomas Jefferson? I mean, he yeah. was having a relationship with a slave girl who was 14 years old. Throw that in there, but they won't. And, you know, it's funny, whenever whenever people talk about historically what Thomas Jefferson did with Sally Hemings, the word never used to describe their relationship. Even though she was a slave, she was 14, 
you know, they try to put it in the best light possible. If it was a white man, they would have brought it up, but they would have brought it up in a way that was comfortable, acceptable. There would have been a level of human decency, and, th and this is what black men don't get. You know, when we do something wrong, they want to put us in the, in the worst light possible. But when a white man does, does something wrong, it's like they want to go out of their way to make sure they understood the context. Like, why did this happen? You know, like, they're, they're trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. And, and that's what really separates um, um, black people from white people. White people are, are told they're, they're innocent and they have to be proven guilty. Black people, specifically black men, they're guilty and have to prove their innocence. And that's how Gail asks those questions. Like, yeah, we, we, we don't really know if he's innocent. So um, just to, I, I want to try to conclude on a positive note here, but do you ever think there will be a change in this country where, you know, black people aren't seen as the enemy or we're not seen as, you know, being up? Like, do you ever think that there will be a point where we can truly be get equal footing? Uh, no, um, not until we accept. I, I believe in nature, right? Um, um, if you see a, a wolf and a bear, you know, hunting in the same area, they're going to clash. Mm -hmm. They're going to clash. Like, either the wolf has to take out the bear or the bear has to take out the wolf. But it doesn't help if the wolf thinks it's a sheep. Mm. Right? That, that doesn't help. It, it has to be a wolf. And, and I think that black people, like, we can't be sheep. We have to be wolves, right? right? Because we're dealing with bears. And we got to accept nature that we're, we're going to fight, you know, for that piece of the pie. We're going to fight for it. And I don't think it makes white people evil to want top position. So, therefore, black people aren't evil for wanting the top position, for wanting the throne. We right. want it. Let's fight for it. There's no need to, for me, to um, try to demonize it demonize it as as if that's bad or wrong to want the top position but i don't think there ever will be equality i don't think i don't think the world really will work if everyone is equal mm -hmm. i think we'll always try to find something to make us unequal somebody will want to be you know the top dog sit on the throne right. and somebody will always want that position so i try not to look at it in any sort of emotional or moral sense i look at it in a logical rational in a logical and rational sense that this is just nature you know two species they're gonna fight for their piece of the pie man all right thank you so much for being on the show i really do appreciate you taking the time out i know i can literally talk to you for hours but right. <laughs> and we do have these like meaningful conversations for hours and hours on end but um it really does mean a lot for you to come on the show and be my first guest so thank you. Thank you very much once again. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, I want to thank Cleveland for coming on the podcast and being my very first guest. Um, it, it just means so much to me that he was able to take time out of his day. I can talk to him for hours. I mean, literally after that conversation, we talked for like another 45 minutes, just, you know, chatting about different things, and I don't get to see him as often as I would like. He's really a great sounding board for me whenever I'm, you know, I, I just need somebody to talk to. He's the person I go to. 
So I, I want to hear your reactions to our conversation today. Please go to our Facebook and Instagram and just let me know what you guys think. I would love to hear, you know, if you have any contributing factors. I know the conversations are heavy, but, you know, we got to talk about it. I'm working on trying to get more, um, more guests for you to have different perspectives on the show. And I think that, you know, just by talking to different people who are, who, who are insightful and more insightful than I am, that we can keep the conversation going. So thank you so much again, Cleveland, for being on the show. And I thank you guys for listening as well. I really do appreciate you guys listening from the first episode till now. I do hope you continue to listen. And again, please subscribe and leave me your comments on Facebook and Instagram. And definitely follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Foreign Lady Podcast. Until next time, thank you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Foreign Lady with Elizabeth Allen. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and review to help others find the podcast too. And be sure to subscribe so you're the first to know when the latest episode drops. Join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram at The Foreign Lady Podcast. See you next time.